Blog Talk Radio. What we need is some sort of revolution. Pain and greed, there's gotta be retribution. Do we all just run and hide? Hello and welcome to the Stain Sports Podcast, episode 7. That leading in is Cody Canada and The Departed. A big thank you to them for letting us use their song Revolution from their latest CD, Hippie Love Punk. My name is Sean Kernahan, joined as always by Torsten Sporn. Torsten, it is Super Bowl week. It absolutely is. And I can tell you, in my entire life, I have never looked forward to a Super Bowl less than this one. But that's okay. See, it's a little bit different for me. Not only is the are the Patriots in there, which uh, obviously has me excited, but I live less than 20 miles from the stadium. I've been down there already this week. Uh, I will be at uh, – I may be going to down to the stadium again tomorrow night. There's an event here across the street uh, at a celebrity flag football game here in Surprise on Saturday. And then, of course, I will be at uh, – the taste of the NFL on Saturday night. I will be getting plenty of uh, interviews and audio clips from that, which will turn into a podcast of its own. Uh, it's actually a fantastic event, a great event where they're raising money for food banks uh, across the country. Uh, so if anybody is interested in that, please take a look at uh, the taste of the NFL.com. But, uh, Torsten, let's talk Super Bowl. Yeah, let's do it. And uh, and I was only half kidding when I said I uh, I wasn't really looking forward to it. I just don't really have a dog in the fight, you know. I uh, whether they're really guilty or innocent of the, all the cheating allegations and the Deflate Gate, uh, you know, it's hard to cheer for me. I mean, you haven't grown up a, a, Patri- a Patriots fan; it's a little bit easier for you. But it's harder for me to cheer for a team uh, with that cloud hanging over them. Being a Rams fan, I don't want anybody in the NFC West to. Uh, win anything, but uh, one of these teams is going to have to win. It's not like, you know, they're both going to lose. I don't I don't see that happening. If I was a betting man and there was a line in Vegas on uh, both teams losing, I wouldn't bet on it. But uh, somebody's got to win, and obviously you hope it's the Patriots, so let's start with them. I'm going to I'm gonna say a sentence here, and uh, you fill in the blank, okay? Uh, the Patriots good. are going to win if they can do what on defense? On defense, what they're going to have to do is make Russell Wilson hand the ball off to Marshawn Lynch on the read options and then tackle Marshawn Lynch. Uh, Very simple when you first, when you say it like that, but very difficult in practice. The uh, people were asking why the Seahawks didn't run the read option very much in the beginning of the game against the Packers a couple weeks ago. I think it was, it wasn't the fact that they weren't running the read option, it was the fact that they were just simply saying, okay, hand the ball off to Marshawn Lynch, let our linebackers make the play. The linebackers were making the play and then forcing Russell Wilson to throw the ball in some tight spots and a couple of deflections, a couple of bad passes. That's how the Seahawks got behind. The Patriots are going to have to do the same type of thing. Uh, I'm gonna, I would say they need to see a guy like Jamie Collins, a linebacker, spy right in the middle and stay on Russell Wilson the entire game, and then have the guys up front have you know Vince Wilfork really um, make a mess of the middle, and then guys um, you know have Dante Hightower, Keem Ayers <clears throat> come in and make the tackle uh, up front and 
and let Jamie Collins spy Russell Wilson and force him to get the bar up to Marshawn Lynch and then have the guys up front and the, and the first set of linebackers make the tackles close to the line of scrimmage. Because if they can keep the ball out of – if they can make Marshawn Lynch carry the ball and then slow him down, they'll have success. Much easier said than done, but that's what they're going to have to do. I agree with you. And the first thing that you said I think is the, is the key point here. Uh, every time the Seahawks seem to have trouble moving the ball for whatever reason, you know, they're stacking the line of scrimmage and the receivers can't get open, they go to the read option. Everybody knows it's coming. They haven't been able to stop, or, you know, opponents haven't been able to stop it. you got a pretty good middle clogger there with uh, Vince Wilfork, and it's going to come down to guys on the outside the, to uh, make the tackles when they, when they rush Wilson on the edges. I mean, if you saw towards the end of the NFC Championship with the Packers, they knew it was coming, and they still couldn't stop him. You know, and, you know, they were – they got lucky with the onside kick and all that stuff, but nonetheless, the Seahawks still had to drive the ball down the field to score. And then in overtime, obviously, you know, everything opened up because of the inability of the defense to stop the read option. So I think you made an excellent point there. Now we know the Seahawks are known for a suffocating defense. The Legion of Boom secondary, solid against the run, great linebacking. The Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl if they can do what on offense? Offensively, it's going to come down to two things. One, it's going to be keeping people out of the middle in front of Tom Brady. He uh, is not the athlete of a Russell Wilson. He's a guy that, but he's a guy that is very mobile inside the pocket, especially when it comes to stepping up when the pocket collapses and making that throw uh, under pressure. So if he has room to step up in the pocket, then he then he's going to be able to have a successful game. So that means that the the Patriots are going to need to keep you know uh, Kevin Williams and Tony McDaniel and Michael Bennett and them out of the way of Tom Brady. Another thing that the Patriots are going to need to do is really test Richard Sherman and really test Earl Thomas. Thomas has a dislocated shoulder. Richard Sherman, I believe, has some torn ligaments in his elbow, from what I've heard. Sherman did not look good at the end of the the Packers game. A dislocated shoulder for Earl Thomas, I I could, you know, he's a small guy, a short guy, has leverage, comes in and hits. It's going to be painful, but he's going to be able to, I think he'll be able to play just fine. But Richard Sherman is a physical guy, can really make some great uh, interceptions, make good tackles, but he also plays on the single side of the field. So I would see that I wouldn't be surprised to see the Patriots line up with Rob Gronkowski as the wide man on the on the rotate on the formation, throw the wide receiver screens to Rob Gronkowski and have him face up Richard Sherman one on one and go to his right and see if Richard Sherman can reach out with that arm. I believe it's his right arm, no, it's his left arm. Whichever arm it is, they can go that direction, reach out with that bad elbow, and try and tackle a guy like Rob Gronkowski. And if he can't do it, force the Seahawks to either play double cap, uh, a second uh, guy covering over the top of Richard Sherman, or if it's really uh, something that's holding him back, maybe even take Richard Sherman out of the game at a certain point. If that elbow is a problem and they're gonna, they just are going to test him early to find out if it is, that could be a real difference in the ballgame. 
I agree with you. Um, I do think, however, that the Seahawks medical staff is going to give pain-relieving injections. Whatever is within the rules, I think, that they're going to do to help uh, to help Earl Thomas and to help Richard Sherman with their respective arm injuries. So, you know, they may be in all kinds of pain 24 hours after the Super Bowl, but I think both of those guys are tough guys that are willing to play with whatever pain and uh, deal with whatever consequences come afterward, whether it's, uh, you know, an arthroscopic surgery or something to repair torn ligaments. Uh, I think that the secondary, you know, obviously getting 270-pound Rob Gronkowski the ball and, and making making them tackle him is a great strategy. But I think the key for the Patriots is going to be running the ball. You know, it's they don't have somebody the caliber of Marshawn Lynch, but they do have LeGarrette Blunt, who has his days where he shows up and rushes for, you know, four touchdowns and 200 yards or 150 yards. Granted, he won't. He doesn't really do that against defenses the caliber of Seattle, but, you know, they've come up with some trickery on offense there in New England uh, here in the playoffs. It's been very successful, and I think that if they can keep that in the back of the mind of the Seahawks and kind of spread out that defensive line a little bit, make them think that one of these offensive linemen is an eligible receiver and, you know, keep them guessing just a little bit, they can pound the middle with LeGarrette Blunt and uh, – you know, gain some yards in the trenches. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. So if you can battle your way into field goal range here, I think that, uh, you know, both kickers, Hauschka and Goskowski, are very, very good. Uh, it could be won by uh, by a kicker, which, you know, <laughs> wouldn't be the first time that a game has been, uh, a game of this magnitude has been won or lost by a kicker. Now, I know that this thought is about as appealing to you as surgery to remove a bunion, but there is, of course, the very real possibility the defending champs are going to win. So I ask you, as a Patriots fan, to be impartial. The Seahawks are going to win the Super Bowl if they can do what on defense? To me, it's, it goes right back to what I was saying about uh, what the Patriots need to do on offense, and that and. For the Seahawks to win, it's going to be pressure up the middle on Tom Brady. Uh, the two Super Bowls that they lost against the Giants, Tom Brady was under duress much of the game, mainly up the middle. And the Seahawks are going to need to prove that their big play the defensive backs are healthy enough to be effective. Um, they're going to need to make sure that they can – they've got the defense that can really line up well with – the Patriots uh, playmakers like a Rob Gronkowski. Cam Chancellor is, would be fantastic covering him. Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright are a couple of middle line, a couple of linebackers that can cover really well, uh, especially against a guy like Gronk. Richard Sherman's big and physical. It wouldn't be surprising to see him do well against against Gronk. Um, Earl Thomas comes up and lays and can really lay the hit, and on a guy as can. Cam Chancellor is really all of them. That's why they call the Legion of Boom. The Patriots like to do the quick crossing routes. They're going to have to come in, make big hits, make create some alligator arms on those wide receivers, and put pressure on Brady, especially up the middle. That's what the CLC Hawks need to do if they're going to win the game defensively. I agree with everything there, and uh, you know, there's there's one thing that I think is really going to potentially play a big role here, and that's field position. And, you know, the Patriots have shown some excellence on defense at times this season. 
But the Seahawks have been so good at causing three and outs deep in opposition territory that they've had short fields to work with. And I think that if Seattle defense is able to uh, win the field position battle, that they're gonna, that's going to go a long way to, to their chances of winning the big game. And now, this is, as I asked you about the Patriots, on offense, what can the Seahawks do to win the game? To me, it's going to come down to Russell Wilson. And if the Seahawks win, I see it being a close game late in the game. Um, if the Patriots win, if, if the Super Bowl is going to be one-sided, I see it being one-sided in the Patriots' favor. Um, but chances are it's going to be a very close and tight game. And really, as good as Tom Brady is, I'm not sure there's a, a quarterback in the, last, in the very end of a game I'd rather have at this point in time than Russell Wilson. So offensively, I think it's going to be Russell Wilson late in the game making play with his arms, with his feet, with his uh, ability to improvise. To me, it's Russell Wilson late in the game making plays, opening up holes uh, with his threat to run to allow Marshawn Lynch to get a big run. Whoever it may be, it's going to be something that Russell Wilson does to create space on the ground, through the air, through pure improvisation that purely improvising on uh, when there's pressure on in him, it's going to come down to Russell Wilson making a play late in the game. That's what's going to happen for the Seahawks to win uh, offensively. And like you said, there's not a better quarterback these days to have late in the game than Russell Wilson. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead and finish your thought. No, that was, I was going to – how do you think – what did you think that the, uh, the Seahawks need to do offensively? Well, I think that they need to come up with a third difference maker. Obviously, there's Russell Wilson, and as much as I hate to admit it as a Rams fan, I'm becoming a huge Russell Wilson fan for the way he can pose. He's composed in the pocket, outside of the pocket, his toughness. you know. And then, obviously, there's Marshawn Lynch, who I'm not a huge fan of, because mainly because of his you know, antics with the media. But there's no disputing the fact that irrespective of position, he's one of the best players in the NFL. But I think they need a third guy. And I think that third guy has to be Luke Wilson, who's basically been kind of a Rob Gronkowski light or decaffeinated version here at the end of the season and in the playoffs. He's made some huge plays, catching uh, long passes and breaking tackles and scoring touchdowns. He's... uh, I don't even know where the guy came from. He's never been anything other than a guy I've considered as a third tight end in the 17th round of a fantasy draft. But, you know, the heck, if uh, if anybody's going to be that third guy that I think the Seahawks need to make the difference on offense, I think that he's a good candidate. And uh, I'll get your thoughts on that in a second, too, but i got one more question to ask you. We have seen some spectacular trick plays by both of these teams as the playoffs have progressed. Um, I don't want to limit it to anything, but there was the touchdown pass by John Ryan in the NFC Championship game. I mean, you don't necessarily expect a punter to go out there and throw a touchdown pass on a fake field goal, but, you know, I believe that was was... the first touchdown pass by a punter in the NFL playoffs, if I heard that stat correctly. I think you did hear it correctly. I think you're absolutely right. And then, you know, likewise, there was the uh, touchdown pass from Julian Edelman to Danny Amendola on a beautifully executed pass. I uh, 
I don't know how else to put it, but that play was the epitome of perfection, the way they drew it up. Do you see anything like that happening in the Super Bowl? Do you think any of these coaches, offensive coordinators or whatever, are going to draw something up at that level of deception? Because let's face it, there's huge risk involved. You know, you, you, you do a fake punt or whatever from your own 35, your own 40. Uh, you try, a, you know, you fake a long field goal. You're really flopping field position big time, and you can come out with a lot of egg on your face. You can come out with a lot of glory, but, you know, the bottom line is there's huge risk, and I would like to know your thoughts on whether you see any trickery. If the, if I don't think there are any two coaches better set up to pull off trickery because Bill Belichick has won his Super Bowls and he has his, enough of the controversy that follows his name that really it doesn't matter what he does. If he becomes a goat in a single Super Bowl, it's not, gonna, it's not going to define his career. Same goes for Pete Carroll, who's got you know, NCAA championships and a Super Bowl ring already. So there's two coaches that really have nothing to lose. So pulling on all the stops wouldn't really shock me that much. And the the play that I could see happening, and I who pulls it off, I don't know, but my I would bet if I had to bet one side or the other, I would probably lean towards the Seahawks because they've seen it come from a division rival, your St. Louis Rams. And that's the deep in your own uh, field, you know, in your own 20-yard line, the fake punt, throw, you know, throw out to pick up a first down when really nobody expects it because there's so much risk to it. But as you've mentioned before, when you're deep in your own territory, there's also so many different ways you can go with a fake that it's hard to really protect against. I wouldn't be surprised to see a punch, a fake punt pass if it was a punter standing in his own end zone potentially. I could see something like that being pulled out, especially with these two coaches. Yeah, well, Jeff Fisher isn't one of the coaches, so I don't know if you're going to see a fake punt out of their own end zone. But, uh, you know, you made a good point, and I hadn't, embarrassingly enough, I hadn't considered this. I hadn't thought of the fact that both of these coaches have already won Super Bowls, and they're probably not all that worried uh, about legacy. But, uh, and, you know, I want to point something out here. Um, the Stain podcasts go 30 minutes here, and usually in the last, you know, few minutes there, we're uh, we're speed reading and speed talking to try to get our final thoughts in, and man, are we ahead of schedule. Can we give ourselves a round of applause here? If I wasn't holding my phone, I'd clap, because we have like 12 minutes. <laughs> yes. However, that gives me a chance to bring up something else, and, you know, the Stain sports started with some fun, and you and I have been known to make some pretty ridiculous bets with one another in the past. And there's no better time, and I just pulled up a website, and I'm going to go ahead and have some fun with it. I have not really looked at these much. Let's talk uh, Super Bowl prop bets. I'm sorry, Super Bowl what? Prop bets. Oh, prop bets, The most okay. ridiculous uh, bets that are currently going down in Vegas. Um, I haven't seen official numbers on this, but I know it's out there. I've heard that there, you can actually bet on how long and before there is cleavage from Katy Perry. What do you think? Well, oh. Where would you set the over-under on, on Katy Perry cleavage? <laughs> I, I don't have any idea how to answer that question, but I'll tell you what. Um, Katy Perry is, uh, let's see, how do I say this respectfully? 
She's a uh, very good-looking young woman, and her, uh, well, boobs are spectacular, for lack of a better way to put it. So let's put it this way. If if I was Katy Perry and I wanted to make my Super Bowl appearance memorable, I would not be shy. Uh, well, uh, heck, she's not shy. <laughs> um, wow. Uh, I'll tell you what. Within... You know what? There's not even a time. She's going to walk out. She's going to walk out in a sexy outfit, and the goods are going to be there. I think it's going to be classy. I don't think she's going to pull a Miley Cyrus or anything like that. I think that uh, Katy Perry is a a mature and reasonably well-adjusted young woman who uh, knows how to conduct herself on a big stage. But uh, I think that she's going to be sexy from the first second. Is that the answer you're looking for, or is that a long yeah, uh, you know, Katy Perry is one who she uh, – it's really the first time since Janet Jackson they've really brought out somebody who can push the boundaries a little bit. But Katy Perry seems to be one of those people who can push the boundaries without putting the NFL at risk of going too far. That being said, seeing some of the outfits that she has worn in the past, um, and trust me, I've looked at, at plenty of those, uh, I would go ahead and put the over, over under of Katy Perry cleavage at the Super Bowl halftime show as a negative. The cleavage is going to make its way onto the screen before the halftime show even starts. That's not fair. You preempted me. I tried to go as low <laughs> as I possibly could on the over-under, and you undercut me. Hey, I want to make uh, a... Yeah, this, well, this was not a scheduled talking point here, but uh, you mentioned that you and I have made some ridiculous bets in the past, and I still think that out of those five lunches that I won from you in fantasy football or whatever it was a couple years past, I think there's still like one or two on the tab. Oh, probably. Who knows who owes who (laughs) at this point in time with all the different bets we've made. Heck, at one point in time we had a running tally on the stainsports.com, but we actually took that page down because there were so many of them it was actually being overrun. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, we do – in in all the silliness and everything like that, we do happen to consider ourselves to be uh, sports aficionados or whatever you want to call it. So there is a bit of a uh, constant focus that we'd like to have. But yes, what now, else there, you got for Here's the, the over under. Uh, there's will Marshawn Lynch grab his crotch uh, after scoring a touchdown in the game? Uh, it is plus four hundred if you lay a hundred. You win a four hundred bucks if you lay a hundred dollars in Vegas on yes, you will. Or you know, where do you where would you bet that if he can be grabbing his crotch while scoring a touchdown in this game? And can he bet enough money on himself in Vegas to cover the fine that he would receive? <laughs> no, uh, I'll answer the second question first. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to my buddy Lee Einhorn, who's uh, he's a professor, uh, a college professor at the University of Central Connecticut, and uh, a good friend of mine, sports fan, Dodger fan. Uh, we don't see eye to eye on a lot of stuff, but we always uh, align on the sports stuff. And I've known him for 20 years, and he's a great guy. He posted this on his Facebook. He said, uh, you know, how come this would be the greatest – I'm paraphrasing here. Forgive me, Lee, if you, if you end up listening to this. But he paraphrased and said, wouldn't it be the greatest troll of all time if Marshawn Lynch bet $40 million on himself to get fined or something like that, right? So he pays the million-dollar fine or whatever they're going to give him and gets paid out on whatever the odds are. Um, I think that Vegas is smarter than that. You know, Vegas has not gotten as big as it is because people go there and win, and that's because the people who make the games and make the odds 
kind of know what they're doing. So there's obviously going to be a maximum bet on something like that. And, uh, you know, and not just because of Marshawn Lynch, but because of people attached to him and extended circles go out very far. So, no, um, <laughs> I don't think that there's a way that Marshawn Lynch is going to figure out a way to put, you know, millions of dollars on himself to get fined and then orchestrate it to happen. He's obviously a pretty smart guy, so he could maybe figure it out, but I just don't see it happening. As far as the crotch grab goes, um, I'm going to go with no. It's a close one, like 52% to 48%. But his antics and his, you know, his I'm only here so I don't get fined and, you know, shout out to my peeps in Oakland and, Shout out to my real Africans. And that stuff, you know, I think he's trying to be a pain in the ass to the media because they were maybe a pain in the ass to him during his contract holdout and renegotiation. But I think the guy understands that this is the Super Bowl. And uh, I think that on the big stage, he's going to behave appropriately. If he scores a touchdown, I think that he'll probably do the handshake celebration that he's – kind of become known for with his offensive lineman or whatever. I don't think there's going to be a, a crotch grab. I hope I'm right. Uh, I don't, you know, I, I hope that, I think the teams respect each other enough. And I think that Marshawn Lynch is a smart enough guy with enough wherewithal that he would not engage in a demeaning celebration if he scored a meaningful touchdown. I don't know if I'm right, but I hope I am. Yeah, I, you know, it really depends. It seems that his uh, leap into the end zone crotch grab tends to come after a big, long, uh, multiple broken tackle run. Uh, so, as a Patriots fan, I'm hoping that the answer is no, that won't be happening. Uh, it really all depends on what kind of touchdown he actually does get to. Now, we haven't actually – we talked about what would need to happen for each given team to win. We haven't actually talked about who we – predict will win and potentially even throw out a score. I will tell you that based uh, on what I'm seeing, Seahawks fans are here in Arizona and they've brought the rain with them. It's going to be raining from Thursday night all the way through Saturday heading into the, the, the game. So the Seahawks will certainly be in their comfort zone with it nice and wet and rainy outside. Uh, but the game is played indoors. Torsten, how do you see the game turning out? Who's going to win, and by about how much would you predict? Um, well, being a soccer player, well, former soccer player, but soccer player and fan nonetheless, I would love to see it come down to a long field goal. And, uh, uh, well, hey, I, I'm going to go with the Patriots. They, uh, they have a long history of uh, winning big games on big field goals. Now, granted... Those were with Adam Vinatieri, but, you know, when you're playing roulette in Vegas, you bet the streak, not against it. I think that as time expires in the fourth quarter, Goskowski's going to kick a field goal. I think it's going to be over 40 yards, and I think it's going to be with, as time expires, final score, 20-17 to 17 Patriots. That's my uh, prediction. Yeah, this may be the homer in me, but I am actually, like I said, I think it's going to be a great game but I could see the Patriots pulling away at the end. I see something close to like a, a, a 28-20, maybe you know, a, a, even flirting with double-digit uh, two-touchdown win. I, I just don't believe that Richard Sherman is going to be quite right. I think that Belichick's going to draw up enough plays where they're going to go ahead and attack that portion of the defense. 
Um, if Sherman is right, if his arm is is feeling uh, good, and if the Patriot and if uh, Stork for the Patriots, their rookie center, is not right, he's still battling a knee issue, and you know, then I could definitely be a much closer game. But I actually do end up seeing this the Patriots pulling away a little bit in the fourth quarter in the last couple of minutes. It really not being uh, much of in doubt. Uh, like a lot of people are expecting, although we did see what the Seahawks can do with a little time left and still down a couple of scores. But I do see the Patriots ending up uh, pulling away at the end to win about 28-20. Think there's going to be 48 points scored with these two defenses? I do. It, it, both Because both offenses are capable of putting up points. And the Seahawks defense has been giving up points the last few games. They've been getting up a lot of rushing yards. Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, I, I do see points being scored. And really in the uh, NFL today, 48 points isn't all that much. Yeah. Okay. I can see your point. <laughs> I think it's going to be lower. It's going to be lower. I think going to be lower scoring. The Seahawks giving giving up points to Aaron Rodgers and company. You know, that's uh they wouldn't be the first team to do that. And uh, I think we're running out of time, aren't we? Yep, and with you know with that, you know, we'll we'll certainly find out how it goes on Sunday. Uh everybody enjoy the big game. Please uh party safely. I know that there are plenty of parties out there. Get home safely. Uh please feel free to email the show, uh the at gmail dot com. Check out the website, the com. Follow Torsten at Sustained Sports. Follow me at Sean Kernahan. And look for a podcast uh, early next week with a bunch of interviews that I get at Taste of NFL. At Taste of the NFL. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks, everybody, and have a great Super Bowl Sunday.